Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can any any amount will be greatly appreciated thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners hi this is the let's talk leadership podcast my name is ellie greeny And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. Hi everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So on today's episode we are joined by the lovely Mike Quaite who is Director of Marketing and Solutions at AdareSec. So AdareSec is a leading provider of technology-led integrated communication solutions inspiring their clients with the choice and insight to deliver their vital message securely via multiple channels. Mike works closely with the Chief Digital Officer to define the right integrated client communication systems and solutions and the brand vision. I've just had a new brace fitted and that felt like a right tongue twister at the start. So hi, Mike. You did it. Well done. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, Mike. You're right. How are you feeling today? Good. Yeah. Early in the morning and I feel like I've already done a full day. So oh, no. I know. Yeah. So, well... Hopefully you can uh, finish a bit earlier today if you've um, been up early working. So um, I think we're going to get that. Is it like the hottest day of the year today or something? So 30 far. degrees or something today. Yeah. Yes. We don't get this up north very often, do we? No, so, we do uh, so we need to make the most of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Great. So we had a really good chat the other week and talked um, a lot about your how your role has shifted um, recently um, and... Um, we had a good chat about around the kind of like what you're wanting to do within the business um, brand wise, um, and brand-wise helping the um, the business promote um, themselves from that point of view, which we can talk about in a little bit more detail throughout the show. Um, but before we do, just to give, I guess, our listeners and viewers a little bit more context, um, obviously Ali's done a great intro, but it'd be good if you could um, tell us a lot more about yourself in a little bit more detail um, how everything, how it all started. Um, you've you, um, had a look on your LinkedIn and you obviously started many, many years ago as a project support analyst and yeah. um, worked your way up. You've worked for some fantastic organisations and um, brands. I mean, um, you know, YBS, Empower, Communicis, um, it's probably there's, there's more there. I know there was a lot of, when I looked at your profile, I was like, wow, it's like brand after brand after brand. Um, which is amazing. So if you could just give us a quick kind of, um, you know, four or five minute overview um, of your background um, and journey that you've taken to get to where you are today. That'd be great. Sure. Um, yes, I have, I've worked through some really, I guess, sizable brands, like some well-recognized brand names, which is, 
I feel quite lucky to have um, that on my CV, actually. Um, and it started, out, well, kind of by mistake. So, like, at uni in Leeds, um, I was working for um, Direct Line, or RBS Insurance, which is now Direct Line Group. Um, and kind of after uni went travelling and they offered me a job back operationally and kind of working with an operational project. So kind of quite an analytical role um, and kind of that's what took my interest in projects really. It was kind of getting out, speaking to a, a lot of people a lot, figuring out, you know, solutions to problems and that's kind of, that took me on my project management career journey first and foremost. Um, RBS Insurance was, you know, a great learning for me and there's a great brand that's come on the back of that now with Direct Line Group and I'm still in contact with yeah, a lot of people that are still there, and you know, there's a, um, it, it gave me a good learning, actually, a good foundation for, I guess, what good business looks like. You know, what it's worked to, like to work with a, you know, a, a really big successful brand. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, um, there was the financial crisis, so you know, there was a, it was kind of almost bittersweet because you were working with a, an organisation or in the banking financial services sector, which you know, had quite a lot of negative press as well. But mm. um, but it gave me some good lessons, some good grounding um, around, you know, what good project management looked like, what good business analysis looked like. My whole career I've worked with technology. I've never kind of like pinpointed myself within working within, you know, I'm just, you know, tech or um, business change or, you know, it's, it's all, there's always kind of been big sizable programs and projects that I've worked on. Um, so, and that kind of, that sparked my interest in, um I guess getting more into kind of change leadership, understanding more about technology and the route of where technology is going. Um, so after a really long time at, um, at RBS Insurance, I, I went to YBS and worked for a time there. Um, again, they were going through a massive um, journey themselves um, around, you know, and a lot of what I've done has been about people and culture change as well as, you know, integrating new technologies or upgrading new technologies. You know, all this stuff, everything that I've done, has been about taking people on a journey with with you. Um, as cliche as that might sound, <laughs> but it has, you know, like if, if you, unless you get people understanding what you're doing, why, um, then you know anything that you're doing, no matter how big or small the change, um, you know, if, unless you get people understanding why why they should be interested in it, mm. it's not going to be that successful. So over time, you know, there's just the size of change programs that I've got got involved in has grown, got bigger, um, and that took me to um, Adair, which is an integrated communications provider, which traditionally works in print sectors, has been around for a very long time. Um, and they're growing their digital um, agenda, you know, the technologies that they are providing on behalf of their clients. So we work business to business and we provide technology solutions, communication solutions for their end customers. Um, and there's a big kind of piece around, you know, what that brand looks like now, you know, with the changing digital agenda um, and how we talk to our clients mm-hmm. to enable them to talk to their customers. We refer to them, their their customer. But they're our client. We talk to, you know, we think about how we consider how our client talks with mm-hmm. their, their customers. So it's about providing solutions that enable customer choice now, which is, again, more important than ever. There's a demand for it. But from a regulatory perspective, um, that's so important. Um, and again, that you know, where I first started working in a regulated organisation, mm-hmm. Um, has really like made you made me think hard around you know how you deliver change to make sure that there's a fair outcomes on behalf of that end customer. Mm. So it's yeah, tons of exposure in different brands. It's uh, been oh. a good learning. Right, that whole um, culture, people change, and, and culture change really interests me. 
um, and um, I think it's one of the most difficult things to to get right and it's it's a challenge in every business isn't it and it's and like you say if if you can't take your people on that journey with you um and and um you know get them involved and get their buying whatever it is that you're trying to do is is not going to have as a high less rate um what would if you were to and i think it, it, it's interesting because it's a constant battle and a constant challenge for most people most organizations and I think it might be great given that you've um, obviously been involved in that quite a number of years throughout your career. Um, what's the kind of one thing that, um, one bit of um, advice that you would give to the listeners or people that are going through that and, and continuously come up with that challenge um, to help implement change and manage that culture piece with the people? I, I, don't, I think a big learning for me is you can't assume anything. So, you know, and you've got to, you've got to start, you know, and it, it, um, I guess at the lowest level of communicating whatever you're doing so people understand it, you know, and people takes, you know, will take a different amount of time to reach a point in their consciousness around what a particular, what change means for them. Or certainly, you know, that's, that, you know, my experience has led me to, to, to believe and understand. So, you know, assume nothing and communicate regularly um, you know, to, to the most simplest level of detail. Um, again, it's about, you know, I often talk about telling a story. So, you know, why we're doing something, how it impacts people, um, why they should be interested, um, you know, what it means in the long run and kind of demonstrate what that overall picture looks like. You know, it's that kind of what's the vision look like and how are we going to get there and how can people involved or that are impacted by that change play a even just a tiny part in making it successful and then, you know, like highlighting what success looks like, you know, so if, you know, if, and if you constantly, you know, um, I guess retelling that story, but kind of telling a story with like lessons that you've learned, um, you know, and how those lessons are influencing the, 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 the route that you're going to take next. Um, I think that, that becomes really powerful. And then that, creates a level of conversation with people. Um, you know, Sandra, you and I were talking about last week around just engagement through LinkedIn and, you know, how do you create a conversation? Because, you know, the stuff that you put out there can be quite one-dimensional. It's, you know, you're sharing something and, you know, you, it's how do you get a response to understand whether, you know, people have not seen it, understood it. Um, so I think, again, you've got to, you've got to constantly try and, acti- and actively seek feedback around, you know, the message that you're sharing because you don't know if you're going to get it right. And, mm-hmm. And importantly, I think sometimes it's good not to get it right, you know, like to get it wrong sometimes because you learn from those mistakes. But that's often when people will be the most, you know, the most honest. Um, create a forum for feedback, you know, a forum for, I guess, for challenge and constructive challenge so people can understand, you know, like how, you know, where they can go to and how they can kind of voice and air their, their, their opinions. Mm-hmm. But I think, like I said, no matter how big or small that, that level of change, it's just communicate and communicate often. fantastic and some really great um tips there and um very valid um so going back to your current role um obviously we're all experiencing um different challenges affected by the current crisis um but interesting in general what are your what would you say that your main challenges and pain areas are um, and have been within your most recent position at AdareSec? 
So there's there's a, there's a lot to do. You know, um, we're on a, a journey ourselves of developing the capabilities of our business, and you know, and we've talked about that, that digital agenda, and you know, providing our clients with more choice for their customers. Um, you know, that competitive landscape, you know, just becomes more competitive. Technology enables that. Um, and I guess for most businesses, you're, you're on this constant journey of um, keeping your brand fresh, keeping your products up to date um, and current, but based on insight from your customers and feedback from your customers. Um, and then obviously you, you've got COVID-19 that comes in and, um, and challenges some of that. So just, you know, you, you kind of building a plan and a vision for what that, um, that, that plan looks like and how you're going to execute on it. Um, and then along comes one of the biggest pandemics that we've probably all ever experienced. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, a lot of my role at the moment is making sure that our colleagues, the people within our business, are kind of clear on what the impact to them personally could mean. Um, and keeping our, our clients, um, keeping ensuring that they feel confident that we still can meet their needs and um, they're going on their own transform- digital transformation journey. You know, often people, you know, not again, no matter how big or small or small that, that journey is, but you know, there's still a requirement to kind of keep that going as well. Um, so it's, I guess it's just finding a balance between all of those things. You know, just making sure that you know you're still focusing on the future. There's the here and now to deal with, um, but not losing sight of that vision um, that you know we're all trying to achieve. Just to kind of you know, make sure that we, we still keep running and we're still successful in what we set out to do at the beginning of the year. I think that's a great point, actually, that you just made that um, to made me think about um, where we are at and where we were at prior to um, COVID-19. And, and it's quite easy to do, isn't it, with everything that's going on and the whole, the change and adapting to change. Um, you know, I, I feel like every two or three weeks I'm changing something in my life, my routine, childcare, um, now you know now we're talking about coming back into the office and that sort of thing is you can often then lose sight of that longer term vision um which um which is challenges isn't it it's challenged challenge i think it's and... it's hard for you know everyone is, is all you know like is always you know we, let's assume that um everyone's always at the top of the game you know they're they they they're on the they're always kind of set out for the best and mm. you know the, the that long term vision is always um, insight and um, and obviously COVID comes along and um, that that emphasis that desire to kind of still do really well or you know like achieve your, those goals will, will still be there. Um, I guess dealing with this new this, this different variable, I, I guess the the challenge is kind of all, often taking a step back and, and remembering that you've done all of those good things, but you're dealing with those variables, those that constant change, and it's kind of just taking a bit of a time to step back and reflect that you've done all of that despite you know the challenges that you're dealing with um yeah you know, I think got... some really good points there because it's quite easy at the moment isn't it to live like each week as each week and and like you say you've got to keep that long-term vision definitely in place which is um really key and um, how many people are you leading at the moment mike how many responsible? Um, i've got a, a, a small team at the moment so um we're just looking to build out the capabilities of that team so i want to bring in product management uh, okay. a real focus on product management so from a technical perspective but you know, kind of general um, product management um so i want to bring in a, a couple of people there um right. got, 
um, some roles for uh, marketing exec um, positions as well that we're looking to um, develop the capability. I'm, I'm responsible for lead and bid management as well, so kind of preset you know, oh, cool. pre-sales process. Um, and then linking in with um, my colleague, Andrew Hurd, he's a chief digital information officer. He's got kind of quite a sizable team who's responsible for executing and delivery of um, those technology projects. So my team at the minute um, is, I'm looking at headcount around that, we can probably get to wait this year. Yeah. So it's um, an exciting time then because you're looking to expand. It's a great time to hire because there's some fantastic talent out there. Um, you've managed big teams before in your previous roles as well. What? How would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, so last year it was um, probably about, teams around about 40 big. So um, I kind of tried to make an, an effort to know everyone that's in that team. So, you know... Um, I don't really like hierarchy. You know, I think it's um, everyone plays a crucial part in, you know, no matter how big or uh, small the team. So, um, so I kind of make an effort to kind of figure out what everyone's doing and how and um, where I can support them and the kind of the journey that they're going on. Um, so I think it's really important that then there's this policy of openness so people can speak, you know, if they've got a challenge or, they've got some ideas that they can come and talk to me and um, I can support them on it. That's difficult when you've got a bigger team, but I think it's trying to make time for, for, for that. Um, you know, people did that for me when I was developing in my own career and, you know, I was progressing. Um, so a lot, you know, openness, inclusivity, you know, making sure that, you know, everyone's opinion is valued and understood. Um, again, kind of building into that, where we started off that, well, where, where, how does that that value or that, that, or that consideration, that opinion that I've got fit in the bigger overall picture. Um, so, yeah, I think, and, you know, the virtual door is always open. There's a lot of cheesy comments, isn't there, coming from <laughs> You find that on podcasts, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It's um, interesting because it really does sound like communication is at the heart of everything you do. So that's fantastic. So as Sandra mentioned earlier, and you talked through some of your experiences before your journey, you've got a hugely successful background in project and program management, but I'm sure along that route, there's probably been a couple of bumps on the road. And we all know that we learn the most when we're in the most challenging situations or when things haven't quite gone right. So it will be great if you can talk to us about one of your biggest project failures and what went wrong and how you learned from that and what you really took away from that. Tough one, this. So I don't like you know. It's um, it's good to reflect and um, I guess learn from mistakes. Um, I guess there's often like a need from me to kind of get things in, get it done quickly, and um, you know, then move on to the next thing. I think um, one of the I guess it was early on in my career. There was you know there was a I guess let's just say there was part of a plan where. Um, I guess the, the, the rigor and checking of um, uh, like one of the outputs that we were delivering, it, it, it really didn't have the rigor and check that it needed to, which, um, and it turned into, that turned into a, quite an expensive mistake. Um, you know, we were committing almost ink to paper, you know, that was then going to be sent, you know, like um, documentation that was going to be sent out to a lot of customers. Um so there was this essence and need for kind of getting something done really quickly. And, that, you know, 
again, you know, supporting a client to do that. Um, so some kind of last kind of testing crucial steps um, were missed out as a result. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, testing can't underestimate the importance of it. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Um, what is it that they use like in, in the building tray that, you know, measure twice, cut once. <laughs> I think the same can go for when you're delivering technology or if you're putting stuff out, you know, print on paper. It's um, make sure that you're double checking um, and make sure that you've got the expertise in order to support you with that. You know, testing. There's a, there seems to be that this big emphasis on finding good, you know, like test analysts and test managers and creating test functions at the moment. And it feels more recent to me. I've kind of seen a lot of demand for that. It's always been there for me. It's just, you know, I guess the emphasis has become more important. What people are I think the value really went up a couple of years ago, didn't it? And it's quite noticeable in the market. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, so I think that's the, the key thing for me is that you know, just making sure that you bring it, you know, you've got those skills and expertise and like a level of independence to check that, you, you know, things have been done in line with the spec. Yeah, definitely. All of that story slowed down a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, you obviously sound like a kind of person that, you know, you you run you run a mission, you get stuff done, and you make things happen. Um, but um, yeah, it drives my wife insane. I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, it drives my husband nuts. Slow <laughs> down. Even you learn. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You do, <laughs> you do start <laughs> at some point, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, cool. So, again, I guess going back through your um, track record and um, businesses that you've worked for, you've worked for some great companies, had some great roles, um, really loving the role that you're currently in. I can sound so interesting. And um, obviously, you've, you know, you, you're helping to, to grow something um, as well and, and have that autonomy. Um I think it'd be really interesting to understand like some of about some of your like greatest achievements. Um if you've got one in particular that you could share with us that's like your main kind of top achievement over the years. So and it's quite recently last year actually. So um we when I was responsible for the uh, delivery team at Adair, they uh we, we, we went, I was really keen to introduce some new working practices. So, you know, Agile being, you know, top of the list. And I guess it's introducing agility to the way that the, the teams work. So, you know, it's a term that's used a lot again recently, isn't it? So mm-hmm. um, I kind of, there was in, introducing um, Agile ways of working, but also kind of setting up good product ownership as well and good, and, and good product management principles. So um, we're able to kind of, uh, re-establish a team within Adair that um, could focus specifically on re-engineering some of the technologies that we've got um, as a bit of a trial, really. So um, we used a, we worked with a local consultancy um, that kind of um, came in and kind of understood what the vision looked like from agile ways of working and product management. Um, and then we kind of gave, gave that team the task of implementing you know, those principles of, and ways of working but also executing on um, delivery of re-engineering um, some of our digital capabilities. Um, now I've kind of done that to some extent before, um, you know, so for you know some of the bigger brands that I've worked with. So kind of able to take some of the lessons from um, doing that previously. 
and applying it um, in a day. Um, and it worked really successfully. I think the kind of, again, key thing was the culture, kind of a bit of a culture shift in thinking, empowering teams to, you know, um, think and kind of have the autonomy to kind of come up with ideas um, and promoting their, their ideas and where that might that, that might sit again in the overall um, journey and that vision that um, we were going on in re-engineering our own technology to teams and capabilities. Um, and so within a, probably about six months, we'd gone from, I guess, more traditional ways of software engineering um, to the team who were responsible for that, actually delivering and speaking about what they'd done, how they'd done it and speaking with a level of confidence to their colleagues across the organisation around the technologies that they'd updated um, and the principles of um, that, those delivery capabilities um, and how they were using them to more effect now. Um, that has then given our business um, some really good capability um, that we can talk you know, really positively with our, our clients about. Mm-hmm. Um, and those values align a lot with our customers, with our clients' values as well, you know, Everyone is keen to be more agile in the um, the way that they're implementing technology and their capabilities. Um, but again, it was a, a big cultural shift in terms of ways of thinking as well. So that that set up, you know, my the uh, Andrew who kind of came on to then take on the team um, with some good foundations in which to continue to build them. Mm. Amazing, fantastic! Sounds like you've done some really great work there. Um, so on that note, um, obviously you're. You've, you've built up a very successful career. Um, sounds like you're really enjoying what you're doing currently and, and you're passionate about it. If, um, if you could wind back the clock, um, what would you have done instead? Like what career path do you think you would have chosen instead? Because it sounds like, because obviously you felt, you said before that you kind of fell into the project world mm. um, and then obviously you've developed your way up then. But if you had more of a choice or if you could go back now and really think about what you were going to do what would you do I, don't like, know, I really enjoy what I'm doing um you know there's always a you know a, a, some kind of challenge and then you there's that kind of personal growth as well in dealing with those challenges mm. um I think when I was a kid you know the thing that I wanted to do was always fly planes so completely different <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah there's I think have you ever flown one <laughs> Oh yeah, I've I've, I've, um, I've had a few flying lessons. Oh cool! Yeah, yeah. How I mean, was it? Tiny like little single propeller um, plane. Um, I've had like three or four lessons. Yeah, um, very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Being in a glider, but that's about it. Once, scared <laughs> yeah. the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that I, I, there is a place, isn't there, near near, um, near Leeds that you can go? Yeah, to. yeah. I can't remember where. I never, I never knew you'd been in a glider, Sandra. <laughs> I think someone bought me it for a present. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I, I think you need to get your team out on a on a, on a day out in the gliders. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, actually. Yeah, I'd be up for that. That would be great. Yeah, it does sound like it's really good fun, like um, flying lessons. My uncle, he um, he's like a pilot trainer. I don't know what the official mm. name for it is, but he um, and he took my brother out once, and he loved it. He had a great time. So, is that something you're going to try and continue in the future? Then? Oh, I don't know. I think. Um... I've got like a baby on the way. So. Mike, yeah, I was going to say Mike's got a little one on the way. So, oh, actually, how it's <laughs> When's the baby due? 
next month in five weeks. Amazing. <laughs> so taking up a new hobby now, like being in the sky, probably is not the right <laughs> Yeah, probably not the right time. I think you're going to have your hands full in five, five weeks' time anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate at the moment. You're growing out this... Um, team is capability looks really exciting obviously that link to clients always adds an element of stress to it as well um, and responsibility you've got a baby on the way in five weeks how how do you manage everything how do you manage the stress of, of this big role it's something that a lot of our listeners struggle with um, mental health is a, a key topic that we try and cover at, at transition partners and support with any when and where we can but any ideas for managing stress and looking after yourself would be amazing so i'm a big, big advocate for like mental health and well-being i think and, and particularly like for guys it's just not spoken about enough mm-hmm. um, i just i think you know traditionally there's just not been a culture that's permitted it and um which is sad really i think it's getting better it's getting loads better and i think it will do just through having a conversation um i I wrote about it um, a couple of months ago, you know, because I think for a lot of people, lockdown has, has had a negative impact on their mental health. Yeah. Um, I get, for some people as well, that, that might have found a little bit of solace in just kind of closing the door and, and just taking a little bit of a, um, a step back and winding down. Yeah. Um, Do you write a blog, did you say? No. I, well, I wrote, a post, I, put it on, I wrote a post on LinkedIn. Um, it's something I shared with like internally at Adair with um, colleagues there. And then I put it on LinkedIn because I thought, well, why not? Um, I think key thing is, is just knowing that, you know, everyone's going to have good and bad days. Um, and I think what the way I summarise it was, you've kind of got to let the bad days or the kind of less good days, let's say, pass. Um, they will, you know, they will happen, but it's kind of not holding on to it. And I guess kind of, taking the opportunity to just be in the good days as well and be part of them and recognising them. You know, we said earlier, you, know, you guys are, you know, um, I think they commented on the same. It's like you just need to kind of just stand back and look back and reflect even if it's just that was a good day or that was a good call or, you know, we've had a good week. Um, you know, that's really important. Um, so, But I think then just kind of trying to find a way that, you know, splits up your day a little bit and just kind of gives a bit of time for you um, no matter how busy you are, I think you've got to kind of carve a bit of time out for that. It's difficult when, I mean, I really do envy like these parents at home who are trying to homeschool, um, do a job. Um, you know, there might be all those variables that we talked about at the beginning of the of the podcast, and then trying to figure out, you know, like looking after a, a tiny person as well. Um, so yeah, and like, how do you carve five minutes out of your day um, to do that? I bet sometimes mums, dads can't, haven't even got time to go to the loo in peace. <laughs> it's really important, isn't it? We actually, um, Sandra ran a um, webinar last night about taking time in health. It's about mental health, and the, one of the points that I really took away from it was that you need to kind of value yourself, your own time, and and make time for yourself because yeah. it's get wrapped up in everything. Particularly whilst everyone's working from home, right? I think people are doing more than ever, and they really want to do a great job. But like you say, you need to be able to cut off and make time for yourself because it's so important. Um, but I definitely agree. We it's so easy for all of us isn't it to focus on 
what needs to get done, what's yeah. not been done right, instead of actually what have we done right? Like what should you be proud of, your achievements? And the next couple of months are going to be tough for anyone. And they're going to be, I think going into lockdown was hard, but for a lot of people coming out of it is actually much worse and, and, and quite a scary time for a lot of people. So yeah, it's really important as leaders. That I think that will, you know, I think it's inevitable that, you know, that, that shift is going to, have a you know an impact on people and that you know that's why i think we need, need to be talking about you know like good mental health and well-being more mm. actually coming out of lockdown or you know dealing with those changes because i think there'll be a level of anxiety around you know like the, yeah. you know, what the new normal looks like yeah um, so you know I've, i'm really missing the gym personally like i've um so i've you know been getting out and running a lot more um, okay so and I, you know, who knows when the, the, the gyms will be open um, again. But yeah, I think you know, I think a bit of exercise is important. Um, you know, and if you can kind of carve out that time where you're doing a bit of exercise yourself, or even just just getting out for a walk and putting on a, your headphones and maybe listening to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important though, isn't it? Just a bit of fresh air, and you feel so much better about things. Like yeah. I know that my partner, he makes me go out for an hour every night for a walk, and every time he says it, I go. Oh, God, I've got work to do or like I, I try and think of an excuse but every time I, as soon as I get out you feel so much better about things don't you so I think it definitely helps which is fantastic I am I envy you when you get out on your walks every night because like I'm dra- like yesterday when I was driving home from work so I, I did the webinar last night and I'm driving home at about half six seven and there's all these people drove past round a park all these people in the park and I was thinking about you know I thought I bet Ellie gets out for a walk tonight wish i could get so by the time i got home and went out i, I didn't go out till quarter to nine so i went out a bit later which is quite normally i like to go a bit earlier but i had to go out and get a bit of fresh air and, and yes yeah. all these people out there that have got kids and they can't do that at that well yeah. they do if they went out on their own but it's nice to go out with your partner isn't it what do you do Sandra? like what's your where's your five minutes then She's not very good at finding five minutes. Really, yeah, yeah. I've, I've said recently that I need to take some time off because I can feel myself. It's yeah, all yeah. building up. Um, but no, I'm not very good. So like, I'll I'll get back and I'll sort my son's tea out or put him to bed and then I'll end up working again because I just feel like I'm just always catching up. Um, you work out in the morning, which helps, but yeah, it actually yeah, to be fair, doesn't it? I try and work out every morning and, and that, I think that's my time. Yeah. Um, but then even they get interrupted, don't they, by the little one at the moment. Um, but that's because we haven't got a gym to go to. So it's hard, isn't it? Because you're doing everything at home and the kids are there and it's just, yeah. But, um, so when it, like, sometimes he's good. Sometimes he just comes and sits and watches the workout, doesn't he? In his little yeah. pants. Because <laughs> he's, <working laughs> he's often naked. <laughs> yeah, he's quite often naked on Zoom. <laughs> It, but it's so important, isn't it, that all of us are kind of taking time and looking ourselves properly. I, I, I think that holiday thing's important. You know, I took a long weekend this weekend. Yeah, I know. Um, I was thinking that you took some time. You properly switched off as well, didn't you, Baz? Yeah, and I think, you know, we've got to encourage that. You know, I think it's important, yeah. you know, when, especially in like a leadership role. Because people are like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not, a, I've got nowhere to go. I'm, you know, I'm not getting on a plane to go on my summer holidays for a week or... Um, but you can you can be at holiday. You can you know just find a bit of holiday time at home. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know it's really important because you know just 
it's a bit harder to disconnect though so yeah. i think you need to work on that and as a leader it's like our responsibility to make sure we're encouraging that with the team because it's quite easy to just get back on your emails quickly or just send a couple of texts because when you're abroad it feels like a little bit different doesn't it when you get on a plane and you go away yeah. you can't separate it don't you but obviously yeah. The moment, yeah it's hard yeah well hopefully we'll be able to go abroad sooner rather than later i'm due to get married in Croatia in september sun just coming yeah, it starts September, so we're really hopeful that we'll still be able to go on. Book to go as well, so I'm pinning all my hopes on that as my holiday of the year. <laughs> Everyone's going to go a bit crazy if we make it to Croatia. Where are you going to get Um It's a place called Tregia, so it's just outside of Split. It's, yeah. like, an, oh, it's like a 13th century town, but wow. yeah, I love Croatia. Yeah, it's great, it's beautiful, so well fingers crossed it can happen it's all a bit stressful at the moment hence all my grey hairs on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so it's been fab having you on the show and talking to you and finding out all about your role um at adairsec and what you've been up to but it'd be fantastic if we can finish off i know this this year's been a bit i guess it's it's been a tough year so plans have changed and projects um plans have certainly changed as well but it's good to finish on like what you're most excited are what your upcoming big plans are you've got a baby on the way in your personal life which is super exciting um but what are you most excited about we we've got big plans as an organization as a business you know so like what the um what we look and feel like you know how we present ourselves out to the market and how we talk to our customers um We've had some really good successes over the last kind of um, year or so, and I really want to kind of talk a lot about all of those things more. I want to be able to kind of um, be able to showcase some of the things that we're working on. You know, there's nothing better than being able to kind of get your teams together so they can talk um, really positively about the journey that they've been on and the things that they've done. So, you know, if I can publicise that, and then bringing in new talent as well, you know, like to kind of help, you know, build on those capabilities and bring different sen- a different sense of perspective. Um, that's really important. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super excited around getting, you know, some um, new faces in to kind of help with that. Um, we've got we've got some really exciting plans. You know, we've got a great team. Um, every, when we've been able to really demonstrate, like, the capabilities of the team, like, throughout COVID, everyone's really stepped up. Um, and... Not that they necessarily needed to, but they wanted to. And they, every, you know, everyone that works at there is, is really behind, you know, it feels like what we're doing and they want to make sure that that business is successful. So with the good momentum that we've built over the last few months, I just, I think it's, I'm really excited to maintain that. Sounds like you've got something really special already, yeah. but like you say, building on that and celebrating success is going to be a huge part of your journey. So Massive, yeah. Yeah. can't wait to see what you guys get up to. Sounds super exciting. Yeah. I know I'm I'm excited for you. I'm excited about working with you from a branding point of view as well and seeing if anything we can do you guys there because it's just all that stuff ex- just excites me so much. Like it's it's great, like you said, like shouting about it and and you know, publicizing everything that you're doing and all the good stuff and sharing the good stories, yeah. positive stories yeah, um, yeah. as well, which is which is great. Amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, um, Mike. If people want to reach out, if they've got any questions, is it best to contact you on LinkedIn or Twitter? Yeah, LinkedIn's good. Um, yeah. I use that a lot. You know, I'm, I'm trying to up my game on that. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get my team to up the game on that as well. Sandra's going to help me out a little bit. With, um, <laughs> yeah, she'll give you a choice. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah, definitely LinkedIn is a place for that. Fantastic. Amazing. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show.
Thank you very much for having me. Thanks very much. Um, so just one more thing, actually. Um, we have recently, Transition Partners, we've started um, to support a local mental health and wellbeing charity um, called Claro Enterprises, who are based in Harrogate. Um, we'll send some details through when we publish this um, show. Um, but it would be great if you could, we don't charge anything for you to listen to the podcast. So it would be fantastic if you could make a small donation um, to Claro Enterprises in Harrogate. We'll share the, um, the donation um, page link um, with you as well. And any sharing that you can do of our podcast um, would be fantastic as well so that we can continue to support those people that are really suffering right now, particularly right now with mental health. Thank you very much for listening.